Hello, cyber friends. This is Chatting Cyber, and I'm your host, Mark Shine. This podcast focuses on how companies can help qualify and quantify the cost of a data breach. Chatting Cyber features some of the most well-respected privacy and cyber experts in the world. Join the conversation with business leaders, government agencies, and cyber experts to learn more about how and why they got into this ever-changing field that we call cyber risk. Hello, cyber colleagues. I'm Mark Shine, National Co-Chair of the Cyber Center of Excellence here at Marsh McLean Agency. And today we have a true cyber celebrity with us, Vikram. Vikram, thank you for joining. Uh, thank you for having me, Mark. Pleasure to be here. Absolutely. So Vikram, my first question for you is, how does a guy that grew up in Guyana end up being the executive director of one of the most prestigious law firms here in the Northeast? Well, you know, growing up in Guyana has really been, um, I spent the first eight years there and it's just um, as a childhood, you know, my grandfather having a large uh, farming estate, um, it was probably one of the most uh, joyous experiences of my life. And that continued as we came over to um, to New York uh, when I was about eight. And, um, you know, growing up in Richmond Hill, Queens is certainly in the 90s is not the easiest thing, but um, I remember one Christmas back in, uh, um, you know, in, in, when I was in um, just getting into high school to satisfy three kids um, ambitions, my father who makes minimum wage spent about uh, two to three months uh, earnings on purchasing our very first computer. Um, back then it was like a Pentium 75 Hertz, <laughs> if anybody could remember that. Um, and I remember my uncle purchased the 125, which was considered the Rolls Royce, so to speak. But, um, you know, for my father, it's kind of like purchasing the Encyclopedia Britannica, if you remember that, to give your kids uh, a a leg up, so to speak, in the world. And uh, certainly very blessed um, that, um, you know, again, um, you know, very blue collar family. And my father worked very hard and my mother did as well and um, been blessed. And that, th- that I will say, um, is what kind of got me started in the tech field and the cyber. Um, that opportunity was, um, felt very blessed uh, to uh, parents to see that, so. Yeah. It's a fascinating background and <laughs> certainly understand why you got into cybersecurity after hearing all that. Uh, yeah, you know what, it, it really just propelled. Um, that was the foundation and then working and, and going through and studying as well. You know, cybersecurity, you know, as we all know, this audience knows very well, um, is the internet was never designed with security in mind. And as things started to happen and, and, and working on mainframe systems as well, you know, we looked at many aspects of um, making sure our data is not compromised. How do we ensure that who needs access to the systems are the only ones that have access? And that has allowed me to, um, you know, foster a relationship with uh, networking and other individuals that are in the space. And we saw the, the great need for that. And it comes back to the organization as data, right? So it's all about reputation and so forth. And that's really what has allowed me to grow in this field over the years. Sure. So, so, so Vikram, you know, there's been a lot of talks about organizations trying to protect their reputation, right? Um, and one of the ways that, you know, the conversations have been had is deploying artificial intelligence into law firms. What's your thoughts on that? Um, is that a popular, is that a popular conversation that's in your community now or it is, you know, 
law firms, we have so much data and trying to make sense of it is really, I think AI has become the digital transformation that we've been looking for. Look, law firms are very slow in adopting new technology and trying to, um, you know, get a, you know, trying to, it's always been such a labor intensive um, type of uh, practice. Mm -hmm. And AI has really elevated that now um, with the ability for the, for, for the attorney to still be very involved in the output and also in terms of the input, but having that AI, that ML, that machine learning in the middle to help us um, really go into the various um, you know, documents and the litigation strategy, it's really becoming a value added for a lot of law firms. So we are looking at AI as many um, companies are now jumping in that area and helping us um, from all aspects from contract management to document management, to due diligence, um, legal research, um, so behavioral prediction um, analytics. So, you know, helping us predict the behavior of courts, judges um, is really a value added to helping an attorney just being a great litigator. A very interesting concept to see how the, the whole field has really been evolving and been open to some new um, um, technology or suggestions or ways to uh, different ways to skin the cat, for lack of a better word. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so let's jump in. Let's jump into the meat of the conversation. Right. So so let's talk about some best practices for law firms when it comes to cyber hygiene. Um, you know, we hear a lot about what organizations should be doing. But when it comes to law firms specifically, more middle market law firms, what are some best practices for law firms? I think it's focusing on, you know, data security. Um, you know, we are entrusted with so many of our clients' sensitive information. And that really lives at the heart of um, what we do day in and day out is dealing with all that sensitive data. So data security is certainly has been the central focus. Um, you know, in terms of some basic hygiene, one of the biggest thing it comes back to is also employee training. Mm -hmm. um, that is really has been one of my focus, um, you know, in the last two years is ensuring that the employees themselves are very well versed and understand the threats that come their way. Um, you know, in terms of strong passwords, that's been some of the basic hygiene that every organization should implement and more so in law firms. Um, I have seen at least maybe once or twice during the course of a week of some law firm email being compromised due to exactly that, not having a strong password. We have um, multi-factor authentication that is certainly a must have for, um, for any organization, especially um, you know, law firms in this space. So when we think about, um, in, well, I guess, so, um, you know, as executive director of a very prestigious law firm, um, are you more concerned about internal threats or external threats? You know, certainly, certainly we would put them both, um, you know, they're both certainly within our radar. Internal threats um, has been um, a is going to be a continuous focus for every organization, sure. but especially with a law firm, um, you know, we have, again, coming back to the sensitivity of our data and our client, 
So we want to say we look at it from a holistic point of view, for both in terms of the external threats and the internal, treating them both equally. Um, and in terms of internal threats, the way we mitigate that risk is making sure that our employees, you take care of your employees. Um, you know, that's probably one of the biggest things. You know, in uh, 2021, we had unprecedented turnovers. Um, we had almost 4.5 million quits in November of 2021. So when you have the great resignation or the big quit, um, you're going to have, you know, that need to ensure internal threats and um, ensuring your data is secure um, when something like that, that's so volatile is happening uh, during that time. So, you know, 59% of departing employees um, usually move to a job within the same industry. Sure. So, um, so keeping internal threats as a risk factor within, uh, within a law firm is certainly high priority, especially during this time. Are, are there any best practices that you can share with our listeners to help mitigate some of these internal threats? Well, certainly in terms of zero trust is becoming, um, you know, one of those big, um, you know, big things that we're seeing um, organizations do more and more. Um, we are certainly seeing user rights and access management um, being something that is looked at very closely and monitored. Um, you know, who should have access to what and when. Also, uh, I think timing is very important when you're working on a large case or a particular matter. Uh, those individuals that don't need access should not have access to those specific um, cases uh, during that time. And, you know, it's going to come back to encryption. Um, you know, encrypting your data and, and, and staying focused in terms of just, um, you know, when we look at all aspects of the firm and mitigating those risks of internal threats, um, we just want to have a holistic approach to the uh, security posture of the organization. Understood. So um, when we think about, um, you know, the kind of the wide range of topics that we've covered in today's conversation, I'm sure there's something I should have asked you that I didn't get a chance to. So this is kind of your, is there anything that you'd like to kind of share with our listeners, um, you know, that we didn't get to discuss on today's uh, chat? Yeah, I think there's, for me, you know, as we look at AI implementation, we should have a focus on AI security. Um, there are native adversarial attacks that are specific to AI. So as law firms go move forward with, um, with utilizing AI within their litigation practice um, or practice in general, we should certainly look at the security and what are the native um, security things we need to address regarding, um, regarding AI. One of the other things that you know, I just learned is, um, you know, in terms of insurance is technology errors and omission policy. Mm -hmm. um, if an organization is developing their own AI application or looking at ways to utilize their data and developing a model for that, you should certainly look at that policy to ensure that that application is covered um, within your um, overall cybersecurity strategy and your insurance. I couldn't agree more. I can't tell you how many times we speak to insureds and they don't realize that there's a difference between technology errors and omissions, which can incorporate cyber liability and a standalone cyber liability policy, which doesn't incorporate technology errors and omissions. 
So Vikram, I thought, I thought that was an excellent um, uh, final thought. Um, if, if, if the listeners wanted to reach out to you or to the firm, what would be the best way? Is it a, a phone number, an email, a LinkedIn, a Twitter? Oh, absolutely. So they could reach me on LinkedIn, uh, V. Koblal or Vikram Koblal um, on my LinkedIn page. And also in terms of my email, it's V. Koblal at Scahill, S-C-A-H-I-L-L-P-C.com. So I welcome any comments, any thoughts, any discussions, and I really appreciate your time here today, Mark. Well, Vikram, I, I very much enjoyed our conversation as well. And thank you for uh, thank you for coming on the show and chatting with us. Thank you. I appreciate it.